And welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. It's a Tuesday afternoon with some post-market commentary. This is your host, Trevor Hall. And once again, joined by our friend Chris Temple from The National Investor. Uh, Chris, it's good to speak with you once again. You and I are going to go over some of the movement in the precious metals and also other commodities we're going to briefly talk about. Uh, But first, I just wanted to get some thoughts and ideas from you on today's action and the overall indices. Uh, Just to briefly go over it, the S&P closed up another 3% today. The NASDAQ was up over 4.3%, excuse me. And the Dow Jones was up over 550 points. That's a 2.3% increase. This is really interesting, Chris, because a lot of people are expecting another uh, turn down based on fundamentals and just there's not enough money going into the sector to keep a lot of these businesses afloat. So I wanted to get your brief thoughts on this uh, before we get into more of the mining type of discussion. Well, it's interesting, Trevor, in that you know a lot of people have different ways that they try and gauge market sentiment, but almost across the board, you have the major brokerage firms and the investment banks and so forth have all turned bullish to one extent or another. That's helping to fuel this. I mean, Goldman Sachs on the one hand says we've got a downturn worse than the, than the depression coming, yet at the same time, they say that the market has already bottomed and that we're not going to exceed that. I don't know that you can have it both ways, even with the Fed shoveling all the money into the markets that it is. But my belief is, and you know, then people have different targets for this uh, retracement, whether it's 50% of the total or 61.8% Fibonacci retracement, which is a favorite chartist number. We might still have two or 3% more to go higher on the S&P. But I, I think that this bear market rally, which is what it is, is about over. We will turn down again and start to acknowledge the still deteriorating fundamental picture. Will we have a washout and margin call fuel decline that goes straight down like we did the first leg? No, but it's going to be a, a, a grinding and demoralizing decline nonetheless. Uh, the good thing about it is, if we can say it, is that with the Fed uh, getting frantic uh, and putting more and more money and programs in, at least it will be a relatively orderly and liquid market but it's one that still has to reprice itself to the much more subdued fundamental world that we're in. And, and we're not there. I mean, if, and if you look at one quick thing, if you look at earnings expectations and look at the banks this morning for crying out loud, um, the market on a forward PE is probably more expensive now than it was at its all time high. Yeah, there's definitely some sort of pump going on. And I think there's a lot of uh, finger pointing we could do to, tell people where that might be coming from sure. uh, but that's not that's not our place to be right now chris uh, but it is worth mentioning uh, the numbers that the markets closed at today at the end of the bell but let's do talk about precious metals i and obviously starting with gold and uh, you know gold had well it had a decent day most of the day but actually uh with a few minutes left in the um comex trading has ended up in the red uh just by hair but uh, we did seem to be pulling in some in a very overbought territory, not only in gold, but also in the uh, ETF, the GDX ETF as well. And we saw a little bit of pullback there as well. I mean, this is probably a healthy pullback, uh, Chris. And I just want to get your thoughts if we could see a little bit more of a pullback before we continue another leg up. 
Well, I think we will, and not so much that gold itself is overbought or the gold space, Trevor, but my view is that for the foreseeable future, pretty much everything, right or wrong, is going to be looked at the same way. If I'm correct, for example, and I, and I said this in a note to my members today, I don't know if you got to read it yet or not, even as I added to individual gold companies, uh, and I'm kind of shunning, frankly, the ETFs, especially at this level. Uh, but even as I added two new gold companies, uh, my view is that if I'm correct and the overall market turns down, it will keep everything else pretty much in check, and that will include the gold space. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see at the moment why gold, notwithstanding yesterday, which was a big day, that gold had a good day and did better than the market overall. Um, but I think that for the time being, everything is going to be viewed as a risk asset. And again, right or wrong. So if we see the stock market correct, we will see gold and gold stocks correct. Maybe not as much, uh, but uh, I, I think that they're all going to be pretty much in the same box. I think it's going to take an evolution and an education process to get the investors that are newly arriving in the gold space to understand why they do need to look at it differently than perhaps everything else. And frankly, for a while, look at it differently than any other metals and any other commodities. So um, I, I would not be chasing too aggressively the gold move right now. I think it is going to consolidate for a few different reasons. In one in your email today, Chris, you did put in a buy on actually a, a very junior exploration company, and I'm just curious, uh, based on what I saw yesterday. Yesterday, we saw a lot of these cashed up, mid tier, great projects type of companies really move with gold. Today, there was a little bit of pullback in that category, but I did see a couple smaller exploration companies actually have really nice moves today too. So. Are you maybe just dabbling your toes in the water of junior exploration now? Or if you see a great company with a great project that you will put that by recommendation out to your subscribers? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've told people for a while, even though I think even now that the ETFs like GDX, GDXJ, let alone the more leveraged ones, which are still only a fraction of what they were at their highs before that whole space imploded several weeks ago. I think that those are still broken vehicles and I'm leery of them right now. I would rather be adding when I can pick them off at what are still depressed prices and with good solid stories where I don't have to watch them day to day as you really do have to watch the ETFs every day or you should, I'd rather be replacing the ETFs with companies that I think are, you know, have got the best stories. I mean, the exploration one I added today is in one of the best zip codes in the world in the Abitibi. It's it's uh, the highest grade uh, traditional or historic production of gold ever in that area along the Cadillac Break. It's it's a stock that's still 30 or 35 percent off of its high, and it's woefully undervalued compared to its peers. That's one, still being a long-term bull on gold as I am, that I can add. I don't have to babysit it every day like GDX. I just buy it and forget about it. Yeah. So let's move over to silver. And you and I have always had our discussions about silver. There's two different trains of thoughts here a little bit. Uh, I do have the daily uh, silver futures up here. And I told 
myself the last couple of days that it really looked like silver was having a difficult time busting through its 50-day moving average. This morning, it had cleared that, but as the day progressed, it's now back below that. Uh, even though it's still uh, still a fairly decent move for silver today, it's still in the green, pushing that $16 mark on the futures basis. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on future this week, or excuse me, your thoughts on silver this week. Well, look, I, I'm the first to admit, as I've said before, that while I've called the gold market fairly well o- over time, uh, I'm far from an expert on what animates silver. Um, I don't put it in the, in the same category as gold because uh, silver has been much more economically sensitive going back quite a ways than has gold, which has gone up for very, very different reasons. That said, uh, you know, as I pointed out when you and I last spoke, Trevor, I think with a lot of these metals, uh, and you've got to look at them on a case-by-case basis, we're going to start to see some really weird stuff when it comes to supply and demand. I mean, everybody knows now, you and I talked about it the last time we visited, that Mexico being shut down, that lops off, what, 35% of global primary silver production, at least, um, you've got the same thing going on in other metals, copper, for example, you've, you've had a hit, uh, production from there and those things aren't going to last forever, but it's going to be interesting as this whole landscape evolves. We see how long it takes to get different sectors of the, of mining overall, different countries, different jurisdictions. I mean, Canada, all the provinces are behaving differently. You know, as we get everything at least halfway back to work and we start to flesh out, what, how much demand has been irreparably hit and how much is going to come back uh, quickly, then we're going to start to get a much better idea of the supply and demand situation. I think underneath that further, uh, that will be more important for copper and silver, et cetera, and less so for gold, is if we see that everything that the central banks are doing is really going to have some major traction not just as I think is the case so far, mitigating the deflation that has already been unleashed and is going to be with us for a long time, but starting to overcome that so that the result is more of a stagflation environment, that is when you will start to see the base metals take off and outperform. When the def- the outright deflation forces have been abated, and especially, Trevor, if as part of that, we see governments the world over, and this is because of what's happened, a hot topic again, if we see the fiscal authorities go even further into debt with infrastructure programs and so forth to support some of these markets, support some of these depressed commodities, and get people from delivering pizzas and driving Ubers, neither of which, well, the Ubers they aren't doing right now, but get them back to work rebuilding roads and bridges and schools and hospitals, et cetera, that's when I'm going to get table-pounding bullish again on base metals. But there's a lot of work to do to get me, at least, from here to there. And let's talk about, real quick, Chris, one of those base metals, and that would be copper. In the last month, uh, copper went basically from $2 and is now 
uh, trading at about $2.32. And this is a really interesting move on me, the, for me to understand, because the fundamentals, obviously there's a supply crunch because a lot of those mines in South America are closed. Uh, and so we're not seeing a lot of new production come online. But I think the demand is also really interesting. And one of the examples I think of is the demand for electric vehicles. And I don't see people going out and buying brand new Teslas or electric vehicles, uh, A, because it's kind of a terrible time to be spending any money, but B, because the oil is so, because oil and gas is so cheap right now. But we are going to talk about that in just a minute. But I first want to get your thoughts here on copper, which maybe you can expand on if you haven't already answered it in your previous question. Well, I have to some extent, but but uniquely when you mentioned electric vehicles as a part of that, part of the pat uh, bullish long-term argument for copper is that it's going to be a major component of the green economy. Uh, a lot more copper goes into a vehicle that, that's powered by a battery than the internal combustion engine, et cetera. But the problem is, even though some parts of the world uh, are still going to be maintaining the trajectory of going more and more toward electric vehicles because of environmental considerations and so far, the biggest market in the world still being the U.S., we only care about one thing, and that is cost. So clearly, the move toward a greater acceptance and usage of electric vehicles is, is set back presently by that collapse in the oil price. So that's not going to give copper a whole heck of a lot of help. Furthermore, you're not going to see <laughs> very good health for any kind of vehicle sales. I mean, the, the, we're, I don't know if you remember back after the financial crisis, you had that cash for clunkers program when you know the things were were bogged down and you had this huge surplus of new vehicles and they tried to give different kind of breaks to have you trade in something so that the car industry wasn't sitting on quite so many new vehicles we're going to go right back there again and then some so copper long term yes uh i'm i'm very bullish long term i think that the argument even those parts of it like for EVs will be delayed a bit. Um, I, I think that it's still there. I, I again, am not going to be jumping all over myself to try and get into copper plays now, but it's something I'm keeping my eyes on. And if we do, for example, see a double bottom in stocks, if, if by some borderline miracle we have seen the low for the stock market, maybe we'll revisit it once or twice, but the Fed will keep it from getting any worse by all the money they're printing. That's about the time when I've seen a retest of the low and the worst of the economic news factored in. Then I'll look at the copper and the silver and et cetera. Okay. Well, I did promise you, Chris, we would talk about oil because this is something, it's an ongoing saga. And I know there was an agreement for all the major oil producers to cut production. Uh, but it necessarily, you're looking at the chart that doesn't meet the uh, demand problems as well. Oil is trading, uh, well, actually it went below $20 a barrel today before it kind of popped back up, but it is well in the red. So your thoughts here on the oil sector? It hasn't, it hasn't seen its worst days yet. I mean, most people who have followed this, and as you know, I've been talking and writing a lot about this recently, you know, even as the spot prices as reported for West Texas Intermediate crude was up around 27 or $28. The best number that was being realized for Permian production was around $16 a barrel. 
What I'm going to be very interested to see here in the coming days is whether the cash price that the producers are actually getting has also deteriorated along with the spot price or if the spot price, which, as you said today, you know, broke 20 briefly, if that is simply coming down to meet the real world price uh, for the best uh, Texas production, we'll see what happens. But the these cuts or attrition more than their cuts, really, uh, that were agreed to in recent days, it'll, it remains to be seen if everybody keeps their promise. It remains to be seen how much things do naturally decline. But the problem is one of physics. Storage is about full. By the middle of next month, there's going to be no place left. And the risk is still palpable, that, as you and I discussed again last time we spoke, that you're going to see single-digit oil pricing for a while in the U.S. That's going to force the cuts that U.S. producers especially don't voluntarily want to do. They're, they're letting wells that are drying out just roll off, but they're not really cutting production yet. And and how the U.S. got away with this in the context of these other deals, uh, I'd sure love to have somebody explain that to me. But look, the math doesn't work and the physics don't work. So that's one of the reasons, Trevor, why I think that today's rally, the mega cap rally in a stock market, is something you absolutely shouldn't chase. You should be fading it because the worst has not been seen yet. And this was really the first day in quite a while that the broad stock market averages at least were able to buck this oil trend. Uh, but if it gets any worse than this, I don't expect that continues. So you're going to see a lot of consolidation in this sector, a lot of bankruptcies still. The Fed is going to make things less bad by at least making sure banks that are on the hook for some of this debt don't go under. There was some misunderstanding and misreporting as to whether the Fed was going to actually get behind the junk debt of the energy companies, and they are not. That was not what was announced last week, and, and some people didn't get that right uh, initially. Yeah, it's just an incredible time in the oil patch right now. It's just hard to fathom. I was joking with the guest yesterday, Chris, that you know my SUV, which typically gets about 18 miles to the gallon, is now getting about 18 miles to the month. So, because we're not go, we're not going anywhere. So <laughs> no, well, and 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 since you mentioned that, I got to tell you, but you know, getting back to the whole car thing, I think people still need to brace themselves for a lot more deflation in the price of certain things. And and this is we're we're look we're rewriting all kinds of playbooks. We're going to be writing a new one as we get into this secular bear market and the strange depression, you will see some things go up in price, some things go down. A lot of it will be based on supply and so forth. But uh, you, you just reminded me of something. I've got a cartoon that I've shared. Maybe you've seen it that tells you just how bad this car glut and the deflation and prices for cars may get. There were two guys in a showroom window uh, at a car dealership and a sign in front of them says free SUV with oil change. <laughs> That's probably where we're getting to. There's a lot of, there's a lot of full car lots out here in Denver. We're, we're going to head that direction. Yep. Chris, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and I appreciate you. If anybody out there is interested in reading more of what Chris has got to share for his subscribers, you can visit his website, nationalinvestor.com. Chris, Take care of yourself and have a wonderful week. And you too.